Welcome to the Success IQ Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 55. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. We've got a great guest today, Nathan Hirsch. Now, Nathan is a serial entrepreneur, expert in remote hiring, and e-commerce guru. Selling online products since 2010, Nate has sold well over $25 million worth of products through his e-commerce business. He is now a co-founder and CEO of FreeUp.com, a hands-on hiring marketplace connecting hundreds of online businesses, business owners with reliable, pre-vetted remote workers. FreeUp is redefining how businesses are able to hire remote freelancers online. Nathan, it's great to have you on the show. Jeff, thanks so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. I'm really looking forward to this because this is actually a topic that keeps coming up with a lot of the clients that I work with because it's like one of those things where rather than hiring someone as a as a member of staff, it's to look at other alternatives. But before we get into that, could you just tell us a little bit about your history and how you got to this point? Absolutely. So I started my first company when I was a sophomore in college. Um, I was a broke college student looking for extra beer money um, on the side, and I started buying and selling textbooks. And what I wanted to do was, was cut off the school bookstore because they were ripping people off. They were buying, bo- they were making us buy books for a hundred dollars every semester, selling them back for pennies on the dollar, um, and. It just didn't seem fair to me. So what I want to do is offer a higher price in the bookstore, and then at the end of every semester, I would buy books. In the beginning of the next semester, I would sell them to different online vendors, um, and that led me to Amazon.com when I started selling books because you don't sell books for very long without learning about Amazon. And what I quickly realized was how addicting Amazon was. Um, I was selling – I started just selling books on there and, and I fell in love with the systems and the process and running my own business and answering customer service emails. And I realized I didn't have a warehouse. I didn't have um, anywhere to buy, buy any goods to sell. Um, I didn't want to sell books forever. I knew I wasn't going to be in college for more than another two years. So I, I started brainstorming on how I could start another business and that's when I came up with the idea of dropshipping years before. I knew what dropshipping was called, the concept that I would sell a product I didn't actually have um, and have it shipped from whoever made the product, different vendors, suppliers, retailers, whatever it was. And so I started building relationships with different vendors, um, listing different products, trial and error. And before I knew it, I was running a multi-million dollar business out of my Amazon dorm room. Um, and that's where I really started hiring for the first time before I could legally drink, um, which is when I realized how important and necessary hiring is for really any business. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is as well as, isn't it? Because it's, it's like that. It's that balance of the, especially the challenges you have when starting a business up. It's it's where do you put the funds? And because we live in this world that's so well connected now, it doesn't necessarily have to go into that hiring of people or, or sometimes hiring that something can be quite a costly company to come in and do the marketing or something like that. And so this idea that you've come up with with the free up um, – why why did you all of a sudden go down that route yeah so i mean 
high, you're absolutely right. When you're starting a new startup, it's kind of like, where do you invest the money? And for me, investing in people is the best way to do it. Whether you hire internal employees or whether you outsource and hire remote, maybe Filipino workers, or maybe you just need a website built and a project here and a project there and you hire U.S. contractors for it. It, it's always good to invest in people and relationships. And so when I was starting my my first Amazon business and I was doing everything myself, um, customer service and um, placing orders and inventory, I started hiring employees to do all of that. And eventually when I learned about outsourcing and Odesk and the possibility of hiring um, non-U.S. workers, I started replacing all those lower-level tasks with those um, those workers that I could train and have them do the same tasks over and over again. Um, and then I would hire U.S. workers, either employees if I needed them full-time or independent contractors to do projects for me that were more advanced. And now it's kind of the point where the free marketplace, if you need the lower level workers, you, you have them, but you also have mid-level and advanced level U.S. and non-U.S. workers that you can use for different projects that come up. Yeah. And it's because it's quite, it's quite a scary thing. I remember when I first started doing it, it's quite a scary thing to take your work and hand it over to someone who you know because the old tradition was face-to-face meeting most of the time or um or you had that long-term conversation but it doesn't work like that now does it at least it can do i suppose but it doesn't always work like that now no, I mean, I was terrified when I was hiring and I run into so many clients that either they've never hired before or they've hired and, and they've made mistakes hiring and it's cost them a lot of money um, or they've, um, they're just so busy that they don't have time to focus on HR. And that's really how I got into FreeUp is I realized that all the things I like doing in my business, like building relationships with vendors and increasing sales quickly turned into just HR time where I was going through applicants and interviews, whether it's for employees or contractors, um, just trying to figure out different people for different things I needed done because there's so much to do when you're running a business. And, and I wanted there to be a faster way. I didn't want to interview someone for three weeks if I needed a small graphic design project. I wanted to be able to get someone quickly so i always wanted there to be a solution for it and i never found one until i started free up yeah and for you because of obviously the with the way some people are are concerned can you give any tips that people could could start with in order to get them introduced to this way of um of working within their business Sure. So I'm always focused on three things. And to me, this is where people go wrong. I'm, I'm focused on skills. I'm focused on attitude and I'm focused on communication. And this goes whether you're hiring an employee or a contractor from FreeUp or really anyone to to be on your team. So if for the skills, you obviously want someone with experience, especially if you're a new startup, you usually don't have time to take the risk on hiring someone and maybe getting what I consider a high value deal. Um, someone who might require more training or isn't as good as their skills, but you get a good price. For me, that comes down the line when you become a little bit bigger, bigger, and you can take those risks and maybe run into someone that might you might end up um, able to pay below market value. So on the skills. You're looking for people with a track record of success and experience. And then on the attitude side, I'm looking for someone with a positive attitude. Um, There's nothing worse than working with someone who's negative, who doesn't care what they're doing, who's only in it for the paycheck and not in it for the results. So I'm really focused on surrounding myself um, with people that have a positive attitude and really enjoy what they do. And, And then lastly, I'm focused on communication because I don't care how good and talented someone is. If they can't communicate with you at a high level, you're never gonna have success. I mean. The last thing you want to do is chase down a U.S. contractor that hasn't 
um, finished building your website, um, even though they should have, or chased down a worker across the Philippines. You want someone who can communicate at an extremely high level. And if you're interviewing people and there are communication red flags, you want to stay away. So for me, almost every bad hiring experience comes down to someone that either couldn't communicate, didn't have a good attitude, or didn't have the skills that they said they did. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. It is that that is that one of the challenges is is the communication side, because I think is is I suppose so with with free up when you're talking of free up, do you is there a is there a physical communication i.e. by phone or is it done by internet or email or is it done a bit a mixture of both? Yeah, so it's really up to the clients and the contractors how they want to communicate. I mean, we introduce them. The, the, all the, the all the contractors have email, Skype, WhatsApp, Viber, phone number. I mean, it's kind of up to them. We do stress strong communication to stay on the platform. Um, if a contractor wants to offer their services through the platform, that's mandatory. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's something that we can we can help people with. I mean, if someone comes to us and they have a positive attitude and and they have the skill set, and maybe they're unsure about what kind of communication is necessary, or maybe they they just haven't worked with enough U.S. clients or whatever it is, we have certain things that will provide them different resources on how we've had past success dealing with clients. And we encourage them to read them and, and use them to help them grow their own freelance business. Yeah, because that's one thing I noticed on your website. It's not just about, say, entrepreneurs hiring um uh t- t- work workers it's also they can you are looking at also creating almost a business for people as well by becoming a worker Absolutely. I mean, and it goes both ways. I mean, free, freelancers are really essentially their own business. And so what we're helping um, people do is advertise these businesses that we've already vetted to all these great clients and people that have a need for those services. So uh, on the worker side, we do a lot to make sure that they're happy, that they like the marketplace, that we're constantly making updates that really benefit them. Because at the end of the day, if, if the contractors are happy and they're able to grow their business and the clients are happy and they're able to grow their business, then we're happy as well. Yeah. So when someone, if someone's starting out, would you suggest giving people sort of smaller test tasks to do first? Or how, how do you sort of say people to start with that bit yeah i absolutely recommend doing test tasks um start off with smaller projects make sure you build that trust build that relationship before you get bigger um if you are hiring a non-us filipino person and you're training them give them a few hours and give them feedback and make sure that they're doing exactly what you want before you just hire them full-time and invest in a lot of training. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a good piece of feedback. The other thing that I like to tell people is to identify what you want. We kind of divide it up into lower level, mid-level and expert level workers. And the lower level workers are are non-US. Do you want someone that you can train, that you can supervise, that you can um, really have control over, then you're going to go over that U.S. person or that non-U.S. person. Um, if you need someone that is specialized, that's where the mid-level person comes in. Maybe they do one or two things really well, and this could be U.S. or non-U.S. Maybe they do Amazon listings at a high level, or they're really good at writing, or they're good at graphic design. Then you go that mid-level, and you don't have to train them. You're, you're really hiring them for their expertise. Um, and then you got the expert level, those top-notch consultants that can do everything from the top down. Um, and a lot of times those are U.S., although we have plenty of non-U.S. as well. Well, and for those, you're really hiring someone to do a large project for you um, going forward. Yeah, no, that's 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 amazing. So, for you, what sort of challenges had did you face when you were developing 
the um, the free up business, or at least any sort of those businesses that you're creating with the e-commerce? What sort of challenges did you face, and how did you overcome some of them? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that we're facing is the dev side of it. We have some awesome software we've been building for two years. Our competitors have even better software. Um, and as we grow and as we add clients and bigger clients and workers and bigger contractors, um, the what's expected goes higher and higher. And we want to be able to offer different things like fixed prices and certain services that don't necessarily – that aren't necessarily hourly. And we want to make it so that people feel safe and they can communicate through the platform. And um, there, there's just lots of upgrades that are constantly going on and we need to have a dev team that um, that we can really use to make these upgrades. So that's really what what our biggest challenge has been is just keeping up with the demand of improved software. And I think recently in the past six months, we're doing a really good job of it. And I think in the beginning, we, we struggled a little bit. Okay. And with your, with your planning process, how far do you plan ahead? And how, how is your sort of goal setting strategy when it comes to you planning these big projects? So that's are you talking about like the software or the yeah, actual work? Well, work when you're there? when you're developing this program, because I'm thinking of a few clients that I know who have who have the sort of these big tough projects, which you know create, creating this free up thing must have been a really big task to do. How do you manage that 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 project of launching it and understanding the direction and the journey of the company? Yeah, so a lot of it is breaking it down into smaller and smaller tasks. I mean, we essentially have three people, um, me who, who's doing more of the processes and the operations and Connor who does a lot of the marketing and the, the writing and the content and the website and Russell who's um, a developer who handles more of the dev side but doesn't necessarily do the business strategy behind it. So a lot of it is breaking things down into small tasks, small projects, um, getting people's feedback both on the client and the worker side um, and constantly looking to improve the software every chance we get. I mean, we're constantly throwing ideas back and forth and creating tickets. And I mean, we have an endless amount of dev tickets that people are chipping away on to add features to our software. Yeah, that must be, it must be, it must be, is it, is it frustrating? Does it keep adding up and up and up as you get people going on the website and giving you feedback and then all of a sudden there's more dev tickets or is that part of what you enjoy? Cause you can see it molding into something even more effective and more better and better. Um, it, it's a lot of fun, to be honest. I mean, it, there's always that frustrating where you look at all the tickets and you're like, oh, my God, how are we ever going to get this done? Um, and I mean, there's nothing better than when we're, the devs are working on a really big project and one day they, they launch it and complete it. Um, and, and that's exciting. But yeah, I mean, do I wish that we just could fast forward uh, on the dev timeline three years and, yeah. and have incredible software? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's really it's one thing that continues to, I guess, hold the business back a little bit because you always want you always want have people that are like oh can you do this can you do this and at some point you can't so mm. i mean we'll get there and as you get bigger you're able to put more resources into it and the other companies that had a big head start i mean they 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 did the exact same thing that we did yeah well everyone's got to start from somewhere don't they um yes they do and in, in one way or another yeah <laughs> so what 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 does what do you hope that the future holds for free up what sort of vision do you have for its for its future uh, venture 
Yeah. So, I mean, we want to change the the world of remote hiring. We want to be the place that people go to when they need a project done, when they need a, a, to outsource um, help. Um, we want to be that go-to and, and we want to take over other industries besides just e-commerce. E-commerce is my background, but we're starting to attract clients in real estate or doctors and lawyers and dentists that need their, their website or different guest speakers or even people that own podcasts. We have lots of clients. So we're trying to get into different industries and continue to be um, that place to go when someone needs remote help yeah it's it's i know it's something that i'm looking into at the minute is shipping off of some of my the the tasks that i have for the podcast because you you when you start these things off you have no idea how much time they're actually going to take and then you start realizing well do you know what there's people that can do it better and quicker and that's you know and, that, and that's ultimate and then you can spend more time doing the thing that you're actually good at Exactly. I mean, that, that's where I tell people you're, you're really hiring in one of two directions. Um, so on the front end, you, you're trying to take stuff off your plate and you're outsourcing and you're, high, you're taking lower level tasks and giving them to other people so you can focus on big picture stuff. And on the other end, you're, fo- you're figuring out what are you not good at? What do you need to bring in? Do you need a marketer? Do you need a writer for your blog? And you're really getting people, get turning those weaknesses into strengths by hiring very talented people that bring their own stuff to the table. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. Um, that's what I really tell people to do in order to expand their company and have a lot of success so i'm really excited about this new exclusive and intimate membership i am launching to celebrate the one year birthday of the show it's a hybrid combining the benefits of masterminding and group coaching as well as so much more it really is stacked full of additional fantastic bonus content if you're looking for a highly supportive group that will hold you accountable to achieve your goals and assist you to take your life to the next level, this is the community for you. It's called the Success IQ Alliance and it is only open to 10 people. That's right, only 10 people. If you'd like to be one of those 10, then head over to the Facebook page and register your interest. There is an application process so I can make sure that only the right people become part of this exclusive community. Join this transformational community and start creating that exceptional life today. Visit facebook.com forward stroke success IQ podcast to get all the information you're looking for. Okay, welcome back. We're at the second part of the show. This is an opportunity where I get to put Nate on the hotspot and ask him the set of questions that I ask guests who appear on the show every single week. So are you ready, Nate? I am ready. You're you're relaxed and and all ready. Always. (laughs) (laughs) So question number one is, is how much time do you spend a week on self-development? Probably three to five hours a week. I mean, what's cool about what I've been able to do on free up is I've been able to meet with all these different speakers and big influencers. And next week I'm speaking at CEO space and I'm the youngest person speaking and everyone else there has been speaking there for years. So I get to, to learn from them and, and kind of see what they've been able to do to be successful in their careers. So, um, I, I a lot of it isn't, Oh, all right, I'm sitting down and now I'm doing self-development work. It, it just comes no. throughout the time yep. of the week that it, that it just comes up. Yeah, and actually, to be honest, what you find is there's an awful lot of um, sort of the high performers and and the successful people that it it isn't always sort of a, a sit down and today I'm going to read. They may they may add that learning process in when they're walking or at the gym or something like that, but generally, day to day development is just a part of 
what they do. And it's, you know, whether it's aspiring to improve on skills or whether it's to learn new sets, it's just that natural process of wanting to learn, which is something really that I want um, the audience to understand that if you want to get better, you've got to do the work in order to develop those skills. Absolutely. I agree. And a lot of it comes in in real life situations for me. I mean, even when I was in college and I was taking business classes, I was running a business on the side and I was learning just as much from going through the trial and error of starting my own company as I was when I was in class. And when I would get out of class, I would just take the stuff I learned in class and try to apply it to my business. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Question number two is what's your favorite personal development book and why? Yeah, so my favorite book is Start With Why, um, and the reason for it is it's it's so important in what you're doing. It's one of the reasons that I, I kind of got away from committing my, my full amount of effort to sell on Amazon. Um, so I still run an Amazon business, but there really was no why besides making money and I guess helping people provide for their families from being employees and, and stuff like that. There wasn't a real purpose. I was just one of many sellers and I was pushing products where with free up, I get that why. And the why is to help business owners achieve their dream, both on the client side and on the freelancer side. We get to help people grow their businesses um, and, and really achieve what they're passionate about. So for me, the why is so important. And I think going forward, if FreeUp is in the last business, before I get into something, I really want to focus on that why. And I encourage other people to do the same. No, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Okay, question number three is what's your favorite app? <laughs> um, what is my favorite app? Let's see. I use <laughs> Skype. <laughs> I use Skype all the time, so their okay. app is pretty terrible, but I'm on it all the time. Um, let's see. I use – I'm a big fan of Uber Eats only because I just had surgery that I was telling you about, and so yeah. it's just an easy way for me to get food and survive. Um, I'm trying to think of what other apps that I use. I use Trello app a lot. I use Trello to keep organized um, and Jira as well for the developers. Brilliant. Okay. Yes, yeah, Skype is one of those things that I keep wanting to go away from, but because of its – well, because it's a bit glitchy, but then I keep always keep coming back because some of the features are just great. It's a, it's a it's a strange app, is Skype. Don't get me wrong, I love Skype. I, I actually yeah. made a I challenge anyone to be faster than me at Skype. I get thousands of messages a day. Um, it's just their phone app could use some upgrading. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, question number four is: What's your biggest business mistake, and what did it teach you? Biggest business mistake was opening up an office when I had no reason to do so. I turned a completely remote business and added a lot of overhead to it. Um, and then I quickly went back to being remote. So right now I run two remote businesses and I strongly encourage you, if you are running a business that can be remote, keep it remote as long as possible. Yeah, that's a good one. I made, I, I always had, when I first started my business, I always had, I need to get an office. I need to get an office. And then when I was ready to get an office, I went, no, I don't want an office. It's exactly. just one of those things. <laughs> okay, question number five. What are your challenges in balancing work and life, and how do you manage them? <laughs> um, the biggest challenge is that when you're running a business, things just come up. So like last night, I was hanging out with my girlfriend, and we had a small software glitch. And so I had to stop what I was doing. It took me an hour and a half. We fixed it. It wasn't the end of the world, but um, it, it cut into the personal time. Whereas if you're not an entrepreneur, a lot of times when you leave the office for the day, very rarely is your boss calling you and being like, hey, come in and do this or fix this. So it, it, it is tough sometimes to 100% step away, although I've been able to do it a lot better now than 
I did when I was a young entrepreneur um, or a younger entrepreneur. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's always that possibility that disaster can strike at any time or, or opportunity can strike at any time. You never know when you're going to get a big phone call from a potential client on a Saturday. And are you really going to turn off your phone and not take that call because you're hanging out with your friends? It, it all comes down to decisions and being able to prioritize. Yeah. And that, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's, it's having that understanding that, you know, it's never going to be a 50-50 thing. And sometimes you're going to be able to spend more time on the personal side. But then there's other times where you have to be 100% committed to the work. And it's having that awareness and that understanding that it's going to, it's going to be like that. And, and to having a, an understanding partner as well, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. So question number six is, what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? diversify um, in every area of your business. I mean, even starting multiple businesses, having different revenue streams, don't hire one person, do everything, compartmentalize. I mean, we're, we're essentially... Yeah, I mean, essentially, when I started off, I was buying from one supplier. And I one time I went on vacation, and I got a call saying that supplier dropped us and all the work that we had done for an entire year just went out the window. And so I the lesson that I learned from that at a young age was to never be relying on one person, one place, one supplier, one revenue stream, you always want to continue to diversify and add different parts of your business, so that you're protected and that you don't have eggs in all in one basket. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I've worked with some businesses in the past where they had one of their their biggest client, and they led lost one of their biggest client, and the the damage that that made was just unbelievable. Not only to, obviously to the business, but to the workforce and everything else that was attached to it. Exactly. I mean, you don't want your entire business depending on one client. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, and I suppose as well as is for me is as well as it's it's on one skill set as well because I don't want everything to be just on coaching because I enjoy training speaking and the other stuff I don't want everything just to be solely on the coaching side for me I like the flexibility and the and the variety as well yeah, absolutely. I mean, you we, we try to offer as many different services. That's why we have Amazon experts and digital marketers and customer service people in U.S. and non-U.S. and really trying to fill every possible thing so that if something changes, maybe we can't offer Facebook ads anymore or maybe a worker leaves, there's a backup or like you said, a big client yeah. could walk away and you don't want your entire business dependent on them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, question number seven is what is your definition of success? So my definition of success is bringing everyone around you up with you. So what I mean by that is when I ran my Amazon business, it was very much like I make a lot of money. Everyone else gets their paycheck. The suppliers, I guess, are helped out a little bit. Um, but with free up, I'm able to really grow grow it as a group where the clients are constantly growing their businesses. The workers are as well. My assistants love it. They get bonuses. They, it, it's kind of a group effort. It's it's no fun to have success by yourself. You want to have success with other people so you can enjoy it and, and everyone's hard work actually goes for one common purpose. Yeah, no, I love that one. I love that one. Okay, so question number eight is the life lesson question. These are based on 50 lessons that I learned through recovering from my illness and starting my own business. So you, all you need to do is pick a number between one and 50. And whatever that runs on, we talk about the lesson. It is okay for you to disagree because you may have learned a different lesson through it. But um, pick a number between one and 50, Nathan. 33. 33 is... Ah, demand respect. Now, what I mean by that is, is you know how um, sometimes you can go into a, a room and there are people that just think they are better than you or they, they think that they deserve 
more respect just because of who they are. And there's, for me, there's, it's a mutual thing, respect. And it, they, you have to be tret. You have to demand that respect from others. They shouldn't be putting you down. They shouldn't be dismissing you because of whether you be young or whether you be old or whether you be, you know, maybe have some sort of um, disability and knowledge or something like that. I think it's it's a real important thing to make sure that, that it, it is not from an arrogance point of view, but it's making sure that you get that respect from the people around you. And I yeah, wondered what I, you thought. I totally agree. I mean, it's something I've been dealing with because I was an entrepreneur when I was 20, and it's only in the past mm. few years that I feel like I've actually gotten that respect. Um, before mm. then, if I would walk into an accountant's office or um, I, I'd try to land a big client, it was like, how old are you? Um, <laughs> but, but but now it's a little bit different. And I mean, a lot of times it, it's fake it until you become it, or um, you, you almost have to prove yourself more if you're younger. I mean, unfortunately, in this day and age, sometimes if you're a female or if you're, you're different ethnicity, um, and for me, I accept that challenge and I encourage other people to do it as well. And you really should demand respect. Um, you can compete with anyone if you put your mind to it. If you put in the hard work just like they have, if you've had the success just like they have, there, there's really no reason for you not to demand the same success. Yeah, and I think the other thing is as well is, is especially with the way the world is now, there's an awful lot of younger people coming through that have a huge amount of that technical knowledge. But sometimes when sometimes I see the younger generation, they don't always necessarily have the same type of communication skills because they've been so used to the online world that sometimes they lack the the offline communication, um, and it, and sometimes you can learn that from the older for the for the older generation, and it's about bringing them all together. Yeah, I could not agree more. It's a, it's a strange thing because you can. I mean, I know my kids. They, they spend more time looking at their phones than they do with their heads up. And it's like, you know, the, the world is out here. It's not necessarily in down, down in there. Although you can do a heck of a lot of stuff now with your phone that you couldn't have done when I, well, well I didn't have a mobile phone when I first started working. But it was, you know, it was, that, God, that makes me feel really old now. But, it, you know, it's like, it's one of those things. So it's, it's a really interesting way that the generations can interact with each other to benefit themselves. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. I spend a lot of time on my phone, a lot of time on Skype, communicating with different people. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, times are changing. And a lot of times, um, I mean, in my business, you can have great communication skills and not be able to um, talk with someone um, necessarily face to face. I mean, I spend almost all my time talking to people on the phone or via Skype and occasionally I meet someone in person. But yeah, I mean, it, it, there's so many different ways. As long as you can master certain kinds of communication, I'm not sure if now that you have to master every single kind no yeah good good point so can nate can you share with people how they can find out more about you how they can follow you on social media just so they can um if they want to take it any more any further with you they can they can find you yeah, so I'm very easy to contact. If you go to freeup.com with three E's, um, you can book a meeting right with me. Um, you can sign up as a client for free. Um, you get a dollar off your first worker forever. If you mention this podcast, you can find us on social media, the Online Hiring Mastermind Group, or FreeUp um, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, and yeah, I look forward to helping you with your hiring needs as you grow. That's brilliant. Then what I'll do is I'll put all of that, all of the contact details on the show notes as well, so they can they can find out, find them from there as well. And I just want to say thanks very much for joining me. Um, it's been a a real joy speaking to you, and I wish you the greatest success. You too. Have a good rest of the day. 
So first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know that you're out there listening and it's great to have the emails that I get from you with suggestions about the show and what you think about the show. That's really nice. Really does help me make the show even better. If you'd like to find out more about me and the types of services I offer or my social media links, then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk. You can also join us on the Facebook page. Just search for Success IQ Podcast. And that's a new page that we've put up that I'm trying to grow and develop. So you can tune in and find us on other stations such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and of course, iTunes. And if you have the time, it would be great if you could pop over there, leave a rating, leave a review, because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm really looking for. So just to say, I hope you have a fantastic week. I wish you the greatest success and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care.